Hello and welcome to the Folklore Podcast Book Club, where we take an in-depth look at fiction and non-fiction books with a folklore focus, and meet their authors. Today's topic is magic, more specifically, bohemian magic, as we meet the author of a book with that very theme and title, Veronica Varlow. Veronica is the last daughter in a line of bohemian witches, and in this book, published by HarperCollins, she weaves together witchcraft knowledge and ancient secret spells with an exotic rock and roll magic style that has earned her a devoted following worldwide. This grimoire-style guide is filled with never-before-revealed spells, handwritten rituals, magic ephemera, hand-drawn sigils, potions, charms, and rhyming incantations. With more than 150 illustrations, drawings, photography, and vintage art, and text written in her own hand, this is a work of art as much as it is a book. Veronica calls upon the ancient and hidden Czech Romani magic passed down to her from her grandmother Helen's lineage, and adds her own material to it. The Folklore Podcast's literary correspondent Hilary Wilson met with Veronica through the magic of the internet to discuss her work and life. Hi, so I am here today with Veronica Barlow to discuss her new book, Bohemian Magic. So, welcome. Hi, I am so happy to be here and talking with you. I'm extremely happy to be talking with you as well. <laughs> Yay! I, absolutely adored your book um i thought it was an exceptionally beautiful book it's Thank you. a work of art um absolutely and it's a deeply personal book i was characterizing it as part memoir and part grimoire um could you tell us a bit about what inspired you to write it Absolutely. Thank you. First of all, thank you so much. And I really wanted to create Bohemian Magic to be this story of my grandmother and the magic that she passed down. And I wanted it to also be an art spell. I wanted to bring into the book photographs, my rock and roll heroes, art that's inspired me that I felt like I could look at and escape into over my lifetime. And I feel like putting all of those things together in the pages of the book created this beautiful kind of a, a portal on the pages. And so that's something that was really important to me um, working on this book. And the thing that inspired it is that I really uh, my grandmother taught me the magic that her mother taught her. And it was something that really gave me a different view of life. It was very positive. It got me in touch with my own magic. And I love reading witchcraft books. And there were some similarities to what my grandmother did, but there was a lot of things that she did that I've never seen anywhere else. And my grandmother passed when I was 12 years old and I wanted to pass this on to other people because I feel like my grandmother was so special and magical and I wanted her to live on and her teachings to live on in the pages of Bohemian magic so it wouldn't be lost. 
Yeah, there was a lot in your book that struck me as extremely original and an extremely beautiful view of the world. You talked about the notion of the wild um, early on in your books, and I thought that that was extremely well written, um, particularly your story of how you became aware of it um, when your grandmother was brushing your hair. Yeah. Tell us that story. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, my my, I was about seven or eight years old, and um, my grandmother, um, you know, I was going home after school. I some kids were making fun of me, and I think that a lot of the people listening, I can relate to being picked on when they were little, because you know we're we're different. The reason that we're into you know folklore, we're into these mysteries, we're into these stories, is because there's something that's different about us. We we're intrigued by those magical things, and so I was getting made fun of, and I was really upset by it because I just had such a uh, such a sweet heart. And such, I didn't understand why we couldn't all just get along. And I was really, really upset. And I came home and I was crying. And my grandmother took me down to the dock by the lagoon. And she sat me down on the dock and brushed my hair and just let me talk it out while she was brushing my hair. And then after I finished telling her all the stories and stopped crying, she took my hair out of the brush, like just little wisps of my hair that got caught in the brush. And she took a pebble and put the brush, like put the hair on the dock with the pebble holding the hair down so it wouldn't just fly away. And in the corner and we waited there for what seems like, you know, I mean, I was little, so it seemed like we were sitting there for a while. And then this little brown bird swooped down, grabbed a bit of the hair and went away, swooped back down, grabbed a little bit more of the hair and went away. And it, this, it, the bird returned several times. And my grandmother explained to me, it was springtime. And she explained to me that, that bird was making a nest out of my hair. And she said to me, why do you care about what other people think about you when baby birds are going to grow up singing their first song nestled in your hair? And that was something that just made me feel magical. It made me feel confident in that age where people are starting to notice, kids are starting to notice differences about each other and they start picking on each other. I felt like that's the age when magic starts moving away from you and you have to hold on to it. And my grandmother gave that to me at that moment. And it really helped me in my life. And I hope that people hear this story and that other little kids, you know, can weave their pieces of their hair out for the bird's nest too. Yeah, it's such a magical way of thinking that you can be that interconnected to everything around you. Yeah. It's uh, such a beautiful notion because that's something that could happen anywhere. You know, there are birds all around us. Yeah. There's the wild all around us, whether we're in a city, in an apartment, or you know, out in the country, there's 
life all around us that we're interconnected with. And that's something that's very easy to miss. And I thought that was something that you talked about very beautifully through that story. And to characterize the wild as not just you know nature all around you, but the interconnectedness of things and our mm. ability to access that. You know, I, I thought that was just utterly fascinating. Thank you. Thank you. I think it's, I think that all of us have that wild within us and it's our own unique magic and it's that deep connection with nature, with the world around us, with each other, the knowing, the intuition, that's what the wild is to me. You were able to access some of that through your family history. Yeah. Did you do any particular research you know, over the years to get into writing this, you know, since you had such a deep connection with your grandmother? You know, it's interesting because most of the things that I put in the book were things that I had written in journals that from memory and I got all of my remaining journals because there were, I, I had a house fire years ago where I lost a bunch of them, but in the journals that I had, I, I was able to piece together a lot of things and talking to my father because my grandmother's stories it's it's from my father as well my that's my um you know my grandmother's son is my father so talking to family members and finding out stories about grandma and some things that i didn't know um you know that she was born with a veil which is you know when when the you know the there's a almost a flap of skin that is over the baby's face and i didn't know that and my uncle told me that story and he said well you should look that up because it was a really big deal that grandma was born with a veil because sailors believed they would take pieces of of the veil and bring on them bring that on voyages with them because they believed that it would protect them because a baby that was born with the veil had a third sight and or a second sight and could do all of these magical things and know when things were going to happen so that I, I found out only a couple of years ago from my uncle and he was telling me the story and about, you know, how he, she had talked to him about that. And, you know, there, my great grandmother, Anna, uh, really knew that that was such a magical thing. And she was so happy that my grandmother and my grandmother is very powerful. She was very powerful. She was absolutely supernatural so she did absolutely have that ability oh that's amazing i mean yeah. the fact and the fact that you were writing so much down that probably you know helped in the recollection of it later even when you didn't have the journals yeah it's it's true it's it's like when we write and i'm sure there's a lot of people listening who are writers and i think it's so important because we you can so there's so much going on in life it's easy to forget if you don't put it down and so just the simple process of putting memories and thoughts and dreams down on paper will cement them further into your memory. Yeah. There was definitely a very deep connection to your family in the writing. 
you know, I was very interested um, you know, reading about it. You made some you know, brief mentions to the abilities that other family members of yours had. Yeah. And it was just an amazing thought to you know, have such a supportive and you know, interested family you know, mm -hmm. in these sorts of traditions. Mm -hmm. That sort of connection is something that seems to be a little bit less common now. I absolutely, I really, I do feel really lucky that my family, I growing up in a family that supported our magic and did magic. And I, I mean, any time that I had a problem, my father would say, well, I'll, I'll light a candle and look into the flame for you when I needed to know something, because sometimes it's interesting when you're doing your own magic, sometimes it's hard to do it for yourself all the time. Like sometimes if you have a major decision, it, it sometimes can be cloudy by your own thoughts and feelings. And sometimes it's, it's good to ask for advice from other people and just check in. And my, my dad would always to this day, you know, if I have something major going on, he looks into the candle flame and will tell me which way he thinks that I need to go. But your own connection to magic that became briefly severed for a time. You know, could you tell us a little bit about how you ended up coming back to it? Absolutely. And Hillary, I think this is such an important question. And I'm really glad that you're bringing this up because I think that so many people hear this story and they think, oh, well, she's just magic and she's doing this stuff all the time. I was raised with magic and I actually felt when I was older, you know, as I was like moving to the city and dealing with you know, paying rent and needing to work a bunch to make ends meet. And I really felt like I lost my connection with magic. I felt like I didn't have time to do magic. When am I going to do that? I'm working a billion jobs. I'm going to school. I'm trying to keep a roof over my head. And it's very easy to forget your magic and instead be this, you know, this like almost robot that's doing all of this work just to, just to survive. And I definitely fell into that. Um, I would say that a lot of that was happening around the time I was like 24, right after I left school, you know, I was working during, I was going, when I was going to school as well. And I just felt so overwhelmed by life. I felt like I turned my back on my magic and, um, I, uh, several, a couple of years later, I was attacked in the face by a Rottweiler while I was volunteering at an animal shelter. And that was one of the turning points in my life. It was really beautiful. And I believe that animals have always been kind of like my, my guides. They've always been my helpers in this world. And this dog attacked me in the face and um, ripped off part of my nose and um, hit me right underneath my eye. And what was beautiful about this is that I went to surgery and they couldn't put me under because I was so, I was in such shock that I, they just did numbing on everything and then started to stitch me back together. 
And it took eight hours. And I remember looking at the ceiling and just thinking about my life and thinking, why didn't I do the things in life I wanted to do? It was that moment that you get, it's like the crossroads moment. It's like, why am I not doing, why am I not having my beautiful life while I'm here? And I thought that the only reason that was holding, the only thing that was holding me back was that I was so worried about what other people were going to think about me, that I wasn't doing what I really wanted to do or trying or attempting. So because of that, I made a commitment to myself while I was on that operating table. And I can't imagine what would have happened if that, if that dog hadn't woken me up in that moment, like that without a doubt was a magical moment for me. Um, and that dog came with a message of like, you're only here for so long, wake up and do the things you're meant to be doing and just be brave and do them. And I really went back to my magic. I really thought that that was a moment that was an initiation moment for me. And that changed the course of my life. Absolutely. Moments that wake people up are not always the uh, beautiful things that people might expect. <laughs> they're a dog attacking (laughs) it's true it is true it is true I think that the biggest beautiful changes in my life have all been the results of you know my house burning down to the ground or you know my this dog attack like you know transformed into something beautiful in the end and it's just like how you look at those things so yeah, that's yeah. one of the um, really interesting things that I thought about your book, because these are you know, horrific moments that could just absolutely result in utter despair. And you, know, you did have moments of despair, and you wrote about them quite you know, plainly. But at the same time, you were able to then take that story and turn it into something magical. You know, turn it into something that would not only inspire you to move you forward but it would also inspire the reader and I you know thought as I was reading the book that that's so much of what magic is or could be you know reframing the stories Um, you wrote about that in uh, the crossfire hurricane spell you know in particular which I absolutely loved the entire notion of you know, if yeah. you can tell us about that. Oh, absolutely. I love this because I think that looking at ourselves and imagining ourselves as if we're the main character in the story, because we are, uh, and looking at our beginnings and reframing things, telling the truth about it, but looking at things in a different way. For instance, um, the reason that I did this is because I was go-going on stage at the Slipper Room and Jumpin' Jack Flash by the Rolling Stones came on. And, you know, one of the, the first lyrics is, I was born in a crossfire hurricane. And as I'm dancing, I'm thinking, wow, that would be like, what a powerful statement. And then I thought to myself, I wonder what the weather was doing when I was born. 
Now it was a, you know, it was a, um, it was a very warm and beautiful spring day when I was born. Nothing crazy was going on. But when I looked deeper into different things, I, I found some really interesting things around the time I was born and my beginnings. And, you know, I started working with other people doing this and people were born during, you know, you could, you could look it up online and see your birth date. What the, what, what was the weather doing? There was like tornadoes, hurricanes, floods going on when other people were born. And, you know, how does that affect you? What was happening? What was the moon doing at the time that you were born? Not, not talking about astrology, but talking about what moon phase was happening? Were you born during a full moon? Were you born during a new moon for your new beginning? You know, how many siblings do you have? Were you the first daughter of the first daughter? You know, there's so many interesting ways to look and reframe or, or, or look at yourself in, an, in a new way that you hadn't looked at yourself before, a way that's poetic and powerful because we all want to be leading those legendary lives. And you need to know that you are a unique legend and you are the main character. So it's time to look at yourself and respect yourself and treat yourself in that way. And that is one of the very first spells and how to do that in Bohemian magic. That's one of the things that I think is so attractive about folklore is that we think about our everyday existence, you know, the places that we live, the things that we do, but we don't think about the deeper meaning behind them or you know the stories that surround them. So, you know, when I was reading Crossfire Hurricane, it made me laugh out loud a bit there because when you know the place that I was born and the time that I was born, there was actually werewolf sightings. In ah, that's amazing! I that's something that's always been in the back of my head since I read it, and it really made me laugh because you know that's a more interesting way to say than yo know, yes, this is my birth date. But no, I was born during one of the last werewolf sightings. <laughs> I have goosebumps right now. Like that is, that's what I'm talking about. There's so much power and we'll do so much research about everything else. We will Google Wikipedia, whatever, everything else, but we don't give that same respect to our own story and be like, what was going on? We deserve that. Yes. Yeah. It's, you know, it's crazy, but something as basic as the weather can be, you know, an extremely interesting thing. Yeah. Absolutely. I really liked that aspect of storytelling and, you know, how we can retell you know, the stories of our own lives in just interesting ways. And you fall in love with yourself again, or you find yourself again. Like you even telling me that story right now. Like, I am never going to forget that about you. And that's going to be an aspect of you in my world. And that's, that's the Hillary that I want to know. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I yes. don't, I don't care the date. I want to know that. That is fascinating it to definitely me. Definitely sticks in the person's head a bit more than mm -hmm. 
and that playful aspect of you know your book which you know I say playful and not in a diminutive way but in the fact that it is more playful it's absolutely you know, more engaged than yeah. you know, simply reciting particular words or you know memorizing phrases in a foreign language it's a an engaged way that I think boils magic down to what magic is in a lot of ways always has been you know it's the Delphic Oracle know thyself you know you're learning to know yourself in a better way and to you know harden yourself through that fire absolutely absolutely I mentioned this in the email to you before but I had been you know listening to Lou Reed again um, because he does get mentioned in your book yeah and it's um, a particular song out of uh, Magic and Lost, the title track, I think, you know, where he talks about how you have to walk through the fire, you know, to you know, find your passion and you know, what is left at the end after you go through this. And I thought that that was very similar to the initiations that your book lays out. Mm. There's a lot of very hard work that is getting done, you know, what you lay forth, but at the end of it, you definitely do have a more refined version of yourself. Yes, a legendary life and definitely somebody that, you know, is is open to all of those beautiful connections of magic in all the beautiful positive forms out there. Like I absolutely believe that. It is a journey. It is a journey. The book is a journey and initiations and yeah, Lou Reed in the book, I talk about how he came to me. Um, very, it's it's a wild story, and you have to read it in the book. But the message that he gave me was, our lives are a story, and what we do with that is called art. And you know, making our lives that magical art, that, that legendary, beautiful thing, because they want to be, and we want to be, we want to create and shape and make that. And so my wish and hope is that people will read Bohemian magic and follow the initiations and go through the journey with me because I set up these journeys where, you know, you're the hero and I'm walking you through it. And, you know, we're, because I believe that, you know, these things will really help you have that next level experience in your life and will help you magnetize more love and connection and purpose in your world. And that's what I wish for everyone. I really do. I think our world would be such a better place <clears throat> if we really knew who we were and we were able to express that in a beautiful and positive way. It's just a ripple effect. I think that you definitely are helping anybody who reads your book to do that. And you also um, help people in many other ways as well. You know, you teach this stuff to people. Um, mm -hmm. And the book is just another way for you to reach them. But you actually offer classes and I, readings and the like as well, right? I do. You know, I have been doing, I haven't done readings um, 
in person in quite a while. But what I do is I have done, um, I do witch camp, which is hopefully going to be returning soon with everything going on with, um, in the world right now, uh, witch camp and retreats and, you know, where we could get together and be in nature and the most wonderful, accepting, beautiful people from all over the world, like have, have come through, um, are called have been called to witch camp and it's really beautiful to work magic with so many like-minded people that want to help and support each other and uh online on at lovewitch.com which is my website there's all sorts of courses like the love witch academy and love witch tarot school and i teach many of the things that were passed down to me so it's like uh, we you see me and it's it's very interactive in the lessons like you have homework to do and you can talk about you know there's other people that are taking the course too and like everybody communicates with each other and it's a lot of fun it's really i think that's really powerful to um have that community that magical community when you're learning that was really interesting to me just how communal the magic that you you were writing about is yeah, because even when you're reading the book, you have this experience, or at least I had this experience where I didn't feel like I was the sole person reading the book. You know, I, I felt like I was well aware of everybody else who was reading it with me, who was doing the same things that I was, because you, you talk to the person who's reading it. And, you know, multiple reviewers I've seen have said that you know, it was very similar to the experience they had taking classes from you, that it was you, know, you just speaking directly. And that communal aspect is not something that I've come across a lot, you know, with reading magical texts. A lot of magic seems a lot more solitary to me. So I thought it was very interesting that you took such a strongly communal stance with it. It, it, you know, it is very important to me because after my grandma passed, the majority of my magic was solitary and I longed to meet other magical people. And it's such a deep way, Hillary, like I can't, I can't tell you like how much my entire spirit was calling out for that magical community where we could be ourselves without judgment and help each other and help lift each other up and do magical spells together. And like times like for each one of us and be in a circle where we say our wishes and we all project that out together and like multiply that magic even more. And so that was a big, big thing to me. And that's why I created witch camp and why I started doing these retreats because it became life-changing. Like those women are my family. They have become my family. And that's, I talk about them in the book. They're my sisters for a lifetime. And I want the reader to be able to know that they are also a part of that family, that you're not alone because we're different, you know? And the thing is, is that we can feel like we, we are alone. And I, especially as the pandemic has kept us away from each other, I wanted, my intention was to have this book land in the right people's hands and they could open it up and know that they have a family out there and that 
this doing these initiations in the book, like we've all done them together and like, you're a part of it. And like that, that really means a lot to me, Hillary, what you just said, because I, I haven't heard that from somebody interviewing me. And I think that that is one of the deepest compliments I've received is about what a community it is because that I felt so alone for the majority of my life. And so this has been a way to put the call out and be, you know, have that beacon of light shining out for all of us so we can all meet together, you know, under the moon, wherever in the world you are and through the words and the portals of the pages of this book. I really felt that when I was reading it, it was a very powerful feeling. (sighs) Thank you. It was a very good feeling. And Thank I think you. that I'm not the only one who, you know, is having that experience reading it. It, the pictures that you painted in it were vibrant enough that I feel like I have some of the memories of being out in the forest <gasps> with a sledgehammer breaking the plates. I, I really felt that, and it, it was a very magical experience. And I, you know, I strongly encourage you know, others to read this as well because I genuinely think that it's an extremely helpful book thank you it's a very powerful book and i think that it challenges a lot of notions that people might have about magic Mm. it's not solitary it's not as serious as people might think that it would be whereas the work that you are doing is serious but you can do it in such a playful manner with others yeah with it you can reframe yourself and you can come away more powerful and more connected than you were before and what a beautiful message that is for the time that we're living in thank you thank you thank you thank you certainly hard doing this during a pandemic but i think that you know this is a message that needs to be heard you know during this time when we're all lonely right now yeah yeah, I hear that. And I, I really, I, I cried the last, the, the last three pages, last chapter of the book. I was, it was like prime pandemic when I was writing it, the, it was in 2020 and that first summer. And I was, you know, really missing all of my sisters from witch camp and all of my magical family. And, you know, my sisters and brothers from the Chelsea hotel coven. And I, I just really just wanted to put that out there for everyone because, you know, we can do magic solitary, of course. And a lot of my magic um, is um, solitary. And also I feel like doing it in the community is, is such an incredible, beautiful experience. And I wanted everybody to know that they've, they've always got a place. So that reading the book gives you a little bit of a taste of it. I Thank you. Can hardly imagine how much more powerful it must be to actually be there. <laughs> All in our slips and the river, and like doing our <laughs> marriage, like our like self marriage, and like you get oh, to pick your right. rings and the fun bat rings and the the commitments we make to ourselves. It's really powerful and beautiful, and yeah. howling at the moon together. It's really beautiful. And a lot of that does come through with the pictures there too, though. Thank you. There's so much energy in there. I just love it. Thank you. Now that you've put this out here, you know, this beautiful love letter, this beautiful call, I have to ask what you're planning on next. 
Well, I am working on two books right now. Um, I'm doing one book that is going to be in the similar vibe of Bohemian Magic, like the next one. And it is the Love Witch Academy. It's about bringing in and magnetizing love to yourself, to your work, to your purpose, to your friendships to that special partner that you are calling out for or one that's in your life, how to enhance that even more. So it's about bringing love to all of the phases of your life, like every single aspect and really going into that deep, juicy, gorgeous life that you deserve to have with all of these um, next level spells and fun and love potions and just really, you know, because, you know, I, I, I am, I feel very lucky to have met some of the greatest people out there uh, at witch camps and things like that and other witches and like us talking right now. Like I feel I'm, I'm so magnetized to you and I feel like we have such a connection. And it's like, it's like, you know, when we put ourselves out there, when we're brave and put ourselves out there and do these things, it's having that magical love connection for friends, for, for our jobs, for our work, for our art, like, let's do it. And that's going to be the next book. And, um, and I'm also working on a fiction magical book. So there's a lot of juicy things going on and I'm hoping to be doing more courses on the website and also obviously in person as well as things start getting better by the day. So people can find you online. Yes, at lovewitch.com, L-O-V-E-W-I-T-C-H.com. And also I'm on Instagram often under uh, at Veronica Varlow, which is Veronica and then V-A-R-L-O-W. So I do a fun Tarot Tuesday that's interactive. So you can get your cards read every Tuesday for me um, for fun on Instagram. And yeah, there's a great community there too. I mean, you could see the people commenting and they're like the most fun magical beings. So you could all follow them and then bam, community done. Let's do this. <laughs> but it's been a pleasure talking to you and I greatly look forward to being able to talk to you again when your next book is out. I can't wait. I can't wait. I hope we talk again sooner because you are absolutely magical and your origin story now is something that's going to really stick with me. I mean, that's, that's one of the most badass things I've ever heard. So (laughs) let's do more of this, shall we? Uh, (laughs) You can read Hillary's review of Bohemian Magic on the Folklore Podcast website, and the book is published by HarperCollins and available from any good bookshop. The Folklore Podcast and the Book Club are the official podcasts of the Folklore Library and Archive, a volunteer-led organisation dedicated to collecting and preserving folklore in all forms and making it freely available for the future. You can learn more at www.folklorelibrary.com. If you can help us to keep our work going, please consider either joining the Folklore Podcast Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash thefolklorepodcast, where you can find extra content. 
Alternatively, you can make a one-off donation at www.folklorelibrary.com slash fundraising. But if you can't help financially, then please do engage with us on social media and share our work. By doing this, you're actively helping us to reach more people. Thanks for listening. See you next time.